0: We thank you for your word this morning, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm going to be, my messages also, see my messages are turning shorter and shorter, I don't know what that, but uh, anyway, I want to start this morning in uh, Romans chapter 10. In Romans 10 is a very familiar passage of scripture, it says in verse 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, if you have a King James, I believe it says the Lord Jesus. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You notice the Bible doesn't, the, the scripture doesn't say, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Savior it says Jesus is Lord I want to talk about just a few minutes this morning about the Lordship of Jesus because we are required the Bible talks about us not just coming to God to be saved but coming to God and to give our whole life to him and, have, and allow him to invade every aspect of our life so that we can become the people he's called us to be God in scripture has, in scripture, there's several names of God. The principal name of God in in the Bible is what we call Jehovah or Yahweh. But the actual Hebrew is just four four letters. Y-H-W-H It's supposed to be a word that, that you can't pronounce. And religious Jews, and I say religious Jews because there are Jewish people that are not religious. But religious Jews won't even say the name. Jehovah or Yahweh. It's too sacred for them. They always say Adonai, which means the Lord. But the, Derek Prince tells a kind of a, uh, a humorous story. He said he took a, a group to Israel one time, and they were on a tour of Israel. And they were everybody's on the bus. And somebody's you know, when you're in Israel, I guess you feel like you could sing Jewish songs. So someone starts singing Jehovah Jireh. And they're all, they're all singing Jehovah, Jireh. And the bus driver turned to Derek Prince and said, what are they saying? He's saying, oh, they're singing Adonai Yireh. He, he put Adonai instead of Jehovah because the Jews won't say it. They, they would say the Lord instead of the Creator. But the Bible says we're to confess Jesus as Lord. That means he, we, had, we are supposed to allow him to invade every aspect of our person, spirit, soul, and body, our habits, our thoughts, they're all supposed to be under the Lordship of Jesus. In First Corinthians chapter six is a is a in verse nineteen it says, Oh, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The Bible says that we've been bought with a price, that we are not long our own. When we talk about the lordship of Jesus. It means we have to open ourselves up to every, to every aspect of our life, being under the, under the uh, watchful eye, you might say, of the master, Jesus. We don't like, you know, it's a, it's a, we, we have a hard time believing or acting out that we've been bought for a price. But I, I'm, I'm a, I'm, he, I've been purchased by his blood, and I have to give myself to him in every aspect. And that means financially, physically, emotionally. My thoughts, my actions, my deeds are all supposed to come out of the lordship of Jesus. In the same way that Jesus, when he walked the earth, said that, that he always did what he saw the Father do, and he only said what he saw the Father, when he only spoke what he heard the Father say. And he said, well, that's Jesus. But he came as our example. And we may not do it as perfectly as him, but we have to at least be attempting. Say, God, whatever in every aspect of my life, I want you to be Lord. I don't want, I don't want to sit on the throne of my life at all. I want you on the throne of my life because that's, that's, that's where we find peace and blessing from God. In Mark chapter 10 is the story of the rich young ruler. In Mark chapter 10, in verse seven, starting in verse 17, is the account of what the Bible calls the rich young ruler. And it says, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and, mel- and knelt before him and asked, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And the teacher said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness and do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, I've kept all these things in my youth up. So this, this wasn't, this wasn't uh, an anti-God guy. This wasn't some kind of a reprobate, a, a, a terrible sinner. He's a man that's been seeking after God and living for God. I've done all, I've kept all those commandments. But he says something's stirring on the inside of him that's, 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 that he can't hear God say it himself. But there's something stirring on the inside of him, feeling that something's not quite right. So he comes to Jesus and he said, Good master, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, Look, in verse 21, it says, And looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. It's so important to see that one phrase in verse, verse 21. And looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him. Jesus wasn't trying to make his life hard. He, he just wanted to bring him to that place where, he could, where his will would be done in his life. So he said, you need to sell all you possess, Give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. But he couldn't do it. But at these words, it says he was saddened and went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. And it goes on to discuss and say how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. But see, this is a man, this is not, like I said, he, this is not some evil guy. He's a good guy. He's, he, he's very religious, he keeps all the commandments. But he had one issue in his life. That he, I guess he couldn't see it, so Jesus put his finger on it. He had one issue in his life, that was his love of money. And it's not that God wants us all poor. God wants us all to be to have an abundance. But at the same time, God needs to be the ruler of every aspect of my life. In my finances, in my in what what church you go to. You know. Everything in life goes like how it's supposed to come under the lordship of Jesus. And I heard somebody one time say, concerning the lordship of Jesus if Jesus isn't lord over everything then he's lord over nothing it's like it's an all or nothing thing and I don't think that's quite right I think you can make Jesus you can, Jesus can be the lord of your life in a lot of areas but God wants it all You know, several, many years ago now gosh probably I was trying to, trying to pinpoint it but back when when there was a church on Canterbury Hill what was the name of that church what's the church in Sitville? Redeeming Love Fellowship. When Redeeming Love Fellowship was in the church on Canterbury Hill Road, just before they moved out to Sitville, there was a man who came there to preach one time. His name was Steve Scheffler. And he, he had a word. From, he After he preached, he started prophesying over people. And he walked up to me, and he pointed to me. He says, I have a word for you. Do you want it? I said, yes. I, you know, they really put you on a spot. When you're in a meeting... And the prophet comes up and says, you want a word? It's, very, it's hard. to say, nah, thanks but, any thanks, but no thanks. So it's like, yes, I do. And he said, the Lord says, I've given you much, but I want every, I want it all. I've given you much, he said. I, I mean, you've given, me, you've given me much. You've given me much, but I want it all. In other words, God's saying, partial, partial lordship is not what I want. I want all lordship. I want it all. And God has a purpose and a plan for us. But it only comes when we submit to his lordship over us in every aspect of our life. And that's not easy to do. Because in this country, we're very, we're very fiercely independent. You know, it's, it's just self. You do your own thing. You're a self-made man. I'm going to achieve it. I'm going to be what God wants. I want to be what I want to be. But, in, but we need to give Jesus the lordship over every part of our life. In Jesus' name. A lot of Christians struggle in their walk with God because they still want to be in control of certain aspects of their life. But we have to be totally surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. And that's a process. It takes, it, it, it takes your whole life to get it, and you'll never get it done. But we have to be allowing God to rule and reign in our lives because we're supposed to, he's supposed to be Lord over us. But for those of, But for those of us, for those who have surrendered, I want to turn with me to Psalm Psalm 23. Probably one of the most familiar passages of scripture. It's the Lord, the 23rd Psalm. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me or leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If we, when we surrender our lives to, to Jesus, when he is Lord over all, when we, when we do make Him the Lord of our life, then this is what He's going to do for us. And let me say this: you can you can be fully committed to giving giving your life to the Lordship of Jesus and not having it all manifested yet. I was, you know, I, I, I can commit to something and be in the process of getting it, but I'm totally I'm totally committed. So you don't have to be perfect for 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 God to bless you, but He, he sees your heart. He sees your motivation. But for those of us who have surrendered to God, as well as perfectly as we can at this time, it says the Lord is if the Lord is your shepherd, first of all he says, I shall not want. You know it says in Matthew chapter six and verse thirty-three, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. But if the Lord is my shepherd and I'm putting him first place in my life in every aspect, then I shall not want. Yeah, he's going to make me lie down in green pastures. He's going to lead me beside still waters. It's a place of rest and refreshing. When, Jesus, when you've really surrendered to God and trusting him to be not just your savior, but Lord of your life, then anxiety leaves, fear leaves, disappointment leaves. He, he brings me to a place where, of quiet and rest in Jesus' name. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He brings me in con- into conformity with His will and His ways, so others can see what God has done in, my- in their life. When God, when I got saved, I was still in the air force, and people it's, it's, they they begin they began to, to the the rumor began to spread that Pickett Pickett has found God, you know. And some of, some of the guys I'm flying with say, hey, Paquette, we heard you found, heard you found God. I said, no, he, he found me. But I want to start living my life for God so that others could see the change that he's made in me. And that's what we all want. We all want to be living our lives for God so that others can see the change. It's a good change. And want to be like us. Want what will we have. The Bible says he restores my soul. He puts things back in their intended original condition all error that the world and the devil has corrupted me with, he purges from me. You know, every once in a while on the internet, they they have what they call a barn find. You know what a barn find is? It's like they, they, somebody passes away and they open up, this guy's got a barn on his property, and they open it up, and it's full of old cars, Corvettes, and, these, and they're all sitting, they've been sitting there for 20 or 30 or 40 years. And they, and they find them, and they restore them. Well, it takes, it's a process. First of all, they had to take the car. They had to get it out of the barn. And I was watching a video one time, and this guy says, "This is the first time this car has been washed in 47 years." So they wash the car, and they begin, and they just over the next several, next several months, even years, they bring it back to full restoration. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to be restored. He wants to bring us to that place where we of our ultimate destiny. You know, in Psalm 139, there's a scripture that says, "And in your book." They were all written. The days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. So before we even born, God had a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. But we have to seek him and find him. We have to put Him, make him the Lord over our life and give him control. The problem is so many times we want to stay in control. and Not of everything, but maybe just a few things. We have a few things. Like, God, I want to stay in control of my life. I want to, I want to keep doing this or that. God says you have to give it all to me if you want to be successful. So he restores my soul. He puts it it back in the condition that God wanted it in, free from all sin and clutter, evil thoughts, evil desires, but living a pure and a holy lifestyle before him. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He brings me into conformity with with his will and his ways so others can see how they're changed. One time in my life, just once, But one time in my life, I had someone walk up to me and say, I want what you have. And that's what God wants. God wants living our lives every day and being the people that he's called us to be so that others will see that and be jealous and want what we have. And then it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. No matter what the circumstances in my life, no matter how dire they seem. Remember there was a time... Where Jesus told his disciples to get in a boat and go to the other side, and while they, were, while they were in the out on the lake this great storm arose, and the Bible says Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat on a with his head on a pillow, and they came to him and they said, "Master, master, don't you care we're perishing they were all con- they were, all they were concerned they were frightened and but jesus Jesus woke up and calmed the storm what well, we' supposed to no matter what's going on in our life, we're supposed to understand if Jesus is in the boat, we're going to make it to the other side. There's nothing that can stop us. He's, if he's in the boat, he'll, he'll awaken to our cause and cause us to be victorious. We can have peace and trust in him because we know he's with us. And then it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God will bless you even when you're under attack. You anoint my head with oil. You give me spiritual gifts to bless others. Whenever whenever somebody was anointed with oil in the Bible, it was for a purpose. And God says, if you trust me, if you make me Lord of your life, and let me be the shepherd. I'll come and I'll anoint your head with oil. I'll give gifts to you, spiritual gifts that will be manifested in your midst. Romans chapter 12 talks about them. In Romans chapter 12, it says in verse 3, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought, but to think so as to have sound judgment soberly, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. The Bible says that God has given to every one of us a measure of faith. Don't say you don't have faith. Just take the measure that God's given you and run with it in Jesus' name. For just as you have many members in one body, and all the body do not have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since then we have gifts that differ. And one of the hardest things sometimes is to convince people that they, that they can be used of God. They, they see themselves as uh, inferior of us, not, not worthy. That's the devil. God wants to use every one of us for his glory. And in the Bible says he's given every one of us a measure of faith. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them according to the prophecy. If prophecy according to the proportion of our faith, if service in our serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. All these gifts that God gives to his people, he doesn't give them all to one person. He gives them, he spreads them around, you might say. Different gifts to different people so that we when we come together, we can be a body and be the person that the people that God's called us to be. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, but it's only as we surrender. To the degree we surrender, will that come to pass? I remember listening to Catherine Coleman one time, and she said, Catherine Coleman said, God is not looking for golden vessels, and God is not looking for silver vessels. God is looking for yielded vessels. You know, God uses some strange people from time to time, but it's because they love him, and they're yielding to him their whole life. She's, and she was giving her testimony one time, and I can't remember all of it, but I just remember she said, I walked down the end of a particular street where she was. And she says, I know that that's where I died, not physically, but I died to me and gave myself totally to God. It talks about the time that she knows exactly the place at the time where she gave herself totally to, to God and God began to use her in a wonderful way. And then it says in Psalm 23 My cup overflows. You provide me with abundance so that I can bless others. And surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely, surely, is, is, when it says surely, it means he's convinced that the goodness of God and the mercy of God will be evident in his life his whole time. And when my time on earth is complete, I will dwell in your house forever. This is the this is blessing that God is going to give those who have surrendered to him. So I just, I just want to, I just felt the Lord wants every one of us this morning to kind of over the, doesn't have to do it right now, but sometime soon. Let the Holy Spirit shine your light on me. See if there's any aspect of my, any part of my life that I'm still holding on to that I haven't surrendered to you. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be in control of everything. So I, I ask you, Lord, like that rich young ruler, is there anything else? What do I need to do to be the person you call me to be? Humble myself under the mighty hand of God. Let him lead me and take me in wherever, any place he wants to. In Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray for every, that we be submitted totally to you. That your Lordship will extend every area of our life. Physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually. That we'd be willing to serve you, Lord, to go anywhere you want us to go, to do anything you want us to do. Our people surrender to your Lordship in their life, holding nothing back. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.